Hello and welcome to the Non-Perfect Parents Club podcast. I'm Emma, a mama of two girls, an ex-nursery practitioner and the creator of the Non-Perfect Parents Club. The Non-Perfect Parents Club is all about support, honesty, truths, acknowledging that none of us can be perfect parents because it's impossible and basically just speaking the unspoken. The only rule here is no judgment allowed. I love hearing people's stories, I love finding out about other parents, their family dynamics, their values and how they tick. So that is what this podcast is going to be. Some great honest conversations about parenting, hopefully delving into some nitty gritty thoughts and feelings that will make us all laugh, cry and sigh a big sigh of relief. Hello and welcome back to the Non-Perfect Parents Club podcast. Today I'm joined by Rob who is actually already featured on the podcast. For those of you who are regular listeners, Rob is the brother who spent all his years getting wedged on the bus. Is he here with an ulterior motive to spill some beans himself? We're going to find out. Hi Rob and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. So if you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family dynamic and any heritage. Uh, hi, I'm Rob, Rob Mayer, um, brother of Jen, Jenny Sim, Jen Mayer. Uh, yeah come from a family of four so I've got three sisters so I'm the, I've been the only lad for 40 years which has been painful um yeah and sort of had a really good childhood in Silverdale growing up in Silverdale uh really good family you know good uh, good family background and it's uh, it's created uh what me and my sisters are today so it's been it's, it's a family to be proud of really um yeah, I've got two uh, two boys, Finley and Callum. Um, they're eleven and fourteen now. Growing up fast, football mad lads. Uh, so I've been a dad for fourteen years now. So it's uh, taken its toll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my wife's called Hannah. Um, been with Hannah since two thousand and two. So I've been with her about twenty years, twenty twenty one years, something like that. So yeah, I've got two dogs as well, Rodney and Stan. Rodney's our new pug, uh, and Stan. We've had Stan for about six years. So yeah, it's got a good little family, family network really. The main rule of the Non-Perfect Parents Club is no judgment allowed. Have you ever felt judged in your parenting, and can you tell us about it? Yeah, get get judged quite a lot from the parenting, um, because I'm quite strict <coughs> with stuff. Um, my mum and dad were quite, they weren't strict parents, but they, they told you what was right and wrong and um, it's created who we are today, so I'm just passing that on. And it's weird because we never really got told what to do and how to be a parent. We just take, follow suit from what our yeah. parents do. So <clears throat> it's quite good, really. We've sort of learned as we've gone along, but not asked any questions and just done it. And it, it's, it's funny because I'm quite strict because of, my lads need to be active, um, you know, for mental health, for physical health, uh, just to be healthy. And I really, really push them to be sociable as well. So we've always camped, we've gone camping since an early age with the lads. Um, you know, people have commented, you know, oh, I wouldn't let my son go in that tent because it's too cold. And I wouldn't let my son go to the shop on his own. And me doing that and reaping the benefits of what I've done since they were four, just letting them go to the shop on their own with the camping, letting them play with other people. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, think, oh, I wouldn't do that and I wouldn't do that. And people openly say, like, oh, you know, why 
you know, I wouldn't let him go on the shop on his own, I wouldn't do this. And and <clears throat> as they've got older, I've just noticed the social skills of my two boys constantly getting commented on yeah. how good they are at social skills. Like, they've been coming with me in the van because uh, we're going to join my business. <clears throat> they've been coming in the van to suppliers with me since we were like four. Yeah. They talk to people. I get them to ask even suppliers if they can have a drink or whatever, or customers if they can have a drink. And I'm constantly on that social thing because mm-hmm. me and my sister sisters have got like on in life, and my dad's like in, like inbred into us that socially, if you're socially, you can go anywhere and anywhere yeah. in life because you can you can literally talk to anybody. Yeah, you just might meet that person that might give you that you know that start you need mm-hmm. or don't get me wrong you'll meet some horrendous people yeah. along the way <laughs> but like there could be one you know where you spark that conversation and you, you're sociable and you talk you know um, I say to the lads all the time because they're on phones um, I say no phones at bus stops because right. when I see all these people at bus stops it just makes me angry because like you've got like five kids in a line yeah. right and there's two girls <clears throat> there two boys there or an, an, an older person or whatever, and they'll all be sat on the phone, looking at the phones, yeah. and it's like, you're not even talking to anybody. Yeah. Like, and it just annoys me. So I say to lads, I don't want to see any of that. Yeah. So when I see them, they, so they, they have a hard time, because I'm always on to them. Mm. Like, I want you talking to people, you know, you need to talk to people. And I think people, with the world we live in, mm. they're scared of people talking to strangers and stuff like yeah. that. But I think they just need to be aware yes. of who they're talking to, but they still need to be sociable. Yeah. And... I've had a lot of apprentices over the years and I've learned from obviously my boys being dead young and having an apprentice at 16 how how the world's changed in so many ways you know with all the apprentices and I've I, I've sort of I've seen how people have been brought up as well and some of them haven't made the trade yeah. because they've been a bit soft or you know they haven't had that sort of like I don't know discipline in a way yeah. you know about certain things but yeah just uh, like some people comment and judge me on like how strict I am with them mm-hmm. and especially with the phones um, recently my son sent a text message because he's hurting a bit because of his granddad and stuff and yeah. he's had a knee injury and stuff like that he sent a text message to a lad it was just saying I hate him hate his face and he was quite horrible but it wasn't like it wasn't um, the swearing or anything mm-hmm. he just, he, you could see Finley's like angry and yeah. he just let it out on the mobile now, how I dealt with that was I went straight upstairs, took the mobile off him. He lost the iPhone because he's mm-hmm. only had it for six weeks since he started yeah. school. Oh, he lost the yeah, he lost the <laughs> iPhone. It has been a few. There was a few things as well, like on on the WhatsApp, on these groups. There's, there's that many groups going off. It was yeah. like I kept on saying to me, "You're running a business." Like it's, just, <laughs> it's constantly, it's constantly ringing all the time. Yeah. To be fair, it's a lot of birds. Like. <laughs> yeah, there was loads of them. Yeah, about four lasses that he was talking to, but. It, the week before it got took off him, he was asking four lasses out, and one one said the week won't go out of him, and he asked another one out, and I said, mate, you can't <laughs> can't be that much of a player at eleven. Uh, so he he lost his phone because he'd sent this lad this message. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did, and it's exactly what my the mum and dad would have done, yeah, uh, old school. Um, I rang the parent up who it was because our family name, we've got a good family name, mm. and I'm not having him ruining it you know yeah. by being nasty to people because we aren't nasty people yeah, at all yeah. you know we're kind think about everybody else everybody in my family does so I'm not having that in yeah. anywhere so I was really annoyed by it so I rang the parent up 
And I said, I'm really sorry about what Finley said, but we need to come around and apologise to, to your son. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh no, it's fine, it's fine. And I was like, no, we've got to apologise. So yeah. I put him in the car, dragged him in the car. He was crying his eyes out. And I thought, this embarrassment of doing this yeah. is going to make you learn that you can't just go on WhatsApp and hide behind a screen yeah. and literally just like give people grief. It might have started with, I hate you, I hate your face, like little kiddie stuff. But he would have got nastier. Yeah. And, you know, you can't just... If you're angry, you can't just let it out on the phone behind the screen. If you're angry, go and talk to the person and let it out to them yeah. and have a have a, a deal with them face-to-face. So I got him in the car, took him round. He was crying his eyes out. I was really upset with him. Um, and we he literally knocked on the guy's door and apologised mm. for, you know, I said, for, for saying what he said. But I did say to him, I said, if you don't like him, just tell him you don't like him now. Yeah. Just tell him straight to your face what you, what you think of him. Or you can say sorry, and you know, yeah. and he did, he's turned around and said sorry. I'm, you know, stressed out and whatever. Yeah. And his mum and dad really appreciated it. His mum yeah. and dad, like, spanked me and said, you know, it's really good parenting, and that, I was I was quite good with that. Cause I was quite happy with that. Cause I thought loads of parents go, oh, that was tight. I wouldn't have done that to my Jacob or whatever. My Jacob would, and that's what I get. That's what I get. Like, because of the modern world is very soft. And the kids are creating, we're creating are too soft. And some a lot of parents would have let that slip. And if you let that slip, then you're creating someone who's, who's never got any, you know, who's and, not got any discipline. And that's also, that, that there, you've, like, encouraged him and kind of modelled to him, like, good communication. You don't communicate from behind a phone. Yeah, exactly. You do it face-to-face. You've done something wrong, so you go and apologise. So yeah. my personal opinion, obviously everyone's different, but my personal opinion is that is like how my values are as well and I yeah. think that's a really good that's really good role modelling to your son that he'll remember that yeah well and it's the embarrassment I mean yeah. I always remember you think about it like anything that you did as a kid the embarrassing times or mm. anything you just don't do it again because you yeah. don't want that embarrassment yeah. and to get taken round somewhere after you've just said that mm. to someone it, it's like really embarrassing you don't want that to happen again yeah. so it, hopefully it won't that's quite like strong parenting for you as well because like when your kids do something wrong you feel that embarrassment too don't you yeah. like you, you're the parent and a lot of us can feel responsible for their behavior which to some effect i guess we are but yeah. they're also their own people yeah exactly so yeah. we're not entirely responsible but I, th- I don't know whether maybe a lot of parents wouldn't handle it in that way because they're also embarrassed yeah but like you say you've got to just well, that's the other thing I get judged on as well. So my, my sons have played football since we were five. Mm-hmm. And um, if my son's not playing well, I'll just, I will won't stick up for him. If he's not playing well, I'll, I'll have a go at him. It's mm-hmm. not the coach's fault. Yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, people are like, oh, my, you know, my son's this and my son's that. My son is, is a lad at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, it can be a pain in the ass. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great, they're both great and they're, they're brilliant. But they can be a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And the, that's the thing. It's like, I know that. And I know that they're trying, even though they're good at home and stuff like that, I know they'll be try on it when they're not. They're lads, aren't they? Yeah. You know, I, I was dead good at home, but I was, you know, I went to, <laughs> yeah. to Ripley, I was a nightmare. <laughs> but like, you know, so they are good people, but they just need, you know, like, they need to be told when they're doing something wrong, yeah. basically. So my son's lost his phone now. Mm-hmm. He's not mature enough to have an iPhone. Now, iPhones are the biggest, like, killer of a, like, a kid's mentality. Because yeah. what you've got is you've got you're giving someone like an iPhone where you can get on like Snapchat, mm. you 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 know WhatsApp, 
this TikTok thing and that. Yeah. So basically, like you can, the the kid can put themselves out there, and then they can get abused, bullied. I see so many of it. And they're from, always accessible. It always accessible, yeah. and it's not like I got bullied at school, like uh, when I was at primary school, because I moved schools and I didn't quite fit in at the school because I wasn't there from the start. And yeah. it, for a few months, I got bullied, uh, and you know I could get away from it. School all day. I'm thinking, nice one, got a week off. Yeah. From like getting a load of hassle, and. Um, I've got a funny story actually that I was just coming back. <laughs> about Jen as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but you know, we were getting, I was getting bullied at school, but I could come away from it. Yeah. So, like, these people, these poor girls and, and, and lads, they can't get away from mm. it. And I think it's harder for girls, from what I've seen. Um, my mates have got daughters and they're getting bullied for how they look. Yeah. You know, because obviously everything on Instagram, it's like all glamorous, everything's yeah, it glammed yeah. up and. And it's just like I think girls can be sometimes worse than lads, yeah. you know, about it. But it's uh, but when we when I was at primary school, went obviously this was before the bus and I got wedging. <laughs> that was before the wedging. But um, I think the uh, there was something to do with this girl, and she was I think she was like bullying me a bit. Right. Like dead soft me and like this last called Siobhan or something she would call. And Jen always remembers it. I hardly remember it. She was like. <laughs> I think she fancied us or something, or she, but she bullied me. She was one of them where she fancied us, but she was really yeah, horrible to me. Yeah. But then she went, she kept, she, I think she pinned Jen down or something and said, uh, I'll only let you go if you let if you get your brother to kiss me or something like that. And then Jen always remembers it. I'm like, what is that? Like, so I was getting bullied by this girl. But anyway, Jen remembers it. Jen will like that one. But yeah, she always brings it up all the time. Because obviously she says it, it just sticks in her head. So it's brilliant. But it was, there was some quite horrible kids there. And they were, they were, I wasn't used to it. I'd like I said when I first started talking, I've come from a family in Silverdale. We'd lived a life like an amazing childhood. Mm. And my dad was the nicest person in the world. Yeah. My mum's the nicest person in the world. We got, we went to Sunday school. And then next minute, these kids were like, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, treat everyone nice, treat everyone nice, be nice, be nice, be nice. I'm in the real world. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. And it took a bit of adapting to. And, but the moral is you've always got to be nice. And yeah. this is what I'm trying to give to my kids. Yeah. You can't say that to them on the mobile phone. You yeah. can't do that. It's not, that's not the way we roll. I've been, in, it's implanted into our mm. brains. Be nice. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you fall out of people and stuff like that. But the moral is if you're nice and you're doing the right things yeah. and the nice things, at least you can sleep at night. Yeah. So it, it's, um, Finley's just got a Nokia 3310 now. <laughs> Where have you got one yeah. of them from? So I've got one off <laughs> Amazon. So I've got one off Amazon. Um, Google Nokia 3310. And this one, this phone come, 21 quid. And I said, you've lost your iPhone, mate. You can't have one because of what's happened. And uh, anyway, I've got to give him this phone. He didn't use it for a week. He said, it's not a phone. I said, it is a phone. Anyway, didn't use it for a week, so I couldn't get hold of him. I said, this is emergency only. I put the SIM card yeah. in. I said, literally, that's it. put all the numbers in it. Anyway, all his mates... One of his mates stopped talking to him because he kept on uh, messaging him through WhatsApp. So he was then funny with him at school, saying, you're not replying to me in messages, you're not my mate anymore and all this. And so he come back crying. And I went, I'm not being forced to give mm, me your phone no. back, mate. I said, that lad there, I said, he's not really a mate, is yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I like him and all that. I said, yeah, but he's not very understanding of your situation. You've done something wrong, tell him. Anyway, they all don't really talk. My lads are quite sociable, but they don't really talk on the phone. They just sort of like, they're on these groups and they're just mm. talking. And then Finn's not obviously on there because obviously the Nokia 3310 doesn't connect <laughs> to Finn. Anyway, after about a week, 
I, t- I showed him how to use his phone, and I reckon he's the only kid in this era that can text one with one <laughs> hand. He's so good at texting on Rocky 3310. So I looked, he's texting all these girls again. I'm like, oh, mate. But the good thing is, he was texting on a normal messaging service yeah. thing. There was no pictures, yeah, and it yeah. was just a normal having a chat. And I thought, that's great, mate. You're yeah, using yeah. it properly. And I think that's the problem. You've got to teach them to use these devices properly because they can just yeah. get abused. Yeah. And the thing is, the worst thing is, when Cal got a phone, Cal got a phone over lockdown. Right. So Cal was 10 when he got his phone. So Cal completely, he had a really bad time at lockdown, you know, yeah. uh, mentally really. He was like a lot of kids who were struggling. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't seeing his mates. It was, a big, it was like, what's going on? Yeah. So we gave him a phone early. And as soon as I gave him that phone, I lost my child mm-hmm. straight away. Mm-hmm. Lost him completely. Yeah. And um, he, he just wasn't the same. And he just obsessed with his phone. And I remember going to football training one night and his phone is ringing and binging and binging and bonging. And I'm like thinking, he's running a business here. Is he a drug dealer? So what's going on? Anyway, I opened the phone up. He's on Snapchat. And this lass was giving him loads of selfies. Like, oh, honestly. But she was about 30 odd. Because she was like, it was like one of them group things. I don't yeah, know. It's like, he right, logged okay. onto it. Oh, there's all sorts of like naked shots coming through and all that. I'm like, oh my God, they're born. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this guy's 11. He's like 11 or 10 or whatever. And I'm thinking, this is bad. So I got in the van. Obviously, I had that lad conversation. Hey, mate, yeah, you know, this is a phone. It's been going off quite a bit. He just sort of went a bit red. And I said, listen, mate, just watch who you follow on yeah. Snapchat. And like you've got. And I tried to, it's hard to tell him. They've got to learn by their own mistakes. But I'm yeah. sort of saying, just please be careful with it. Anyway, as he's got older, he's not that attached to it. He's obsessed yeah. with football. He's not that attached to it. Where Finley gets really attached to it, yeah. so Finley can't have it yet. He just he just can't have yeah. it, so he's lost it. But I've had comments like, "Ah, oh, it's tight." Mm. Now the tight thing to do is let him have the phone. That's the tight thing to do, in my opinion. Right? Old school parenting, it might not fit in with other people's parenting, but I'm trying to teach this guy a lesson. Yeah. You know, even though it was probably four weeks ago when this happened, he's not having his phone back until he can prove to us that he's mature enough yeah. to have it and I don't think that'll be till second year because yeah. it's still young it's year seven that it's still is really young it's really young and yeah. my so my eldest she's year eight now she's nearly 13 um, she's she got a phone year six I think her birthday in year six she got a phone but because of the nature of what I do, she's allowed a phone, but she's not allowed social media no, yeah. for those yeah. same reasons. Same reasons, just isn't it? Because there's, I see so much and yeah. you hear so much, and yeah. she knows that it's like to to keep her safe and protect her. Yeah. Um, and I've always said to her, you know, like if if you want, if there's an app that you want that your mates have got or whatever, come and speak to me. We'll discuss yeah. it and we'll see. I'm not saying that I'll say yes, but I'm also not saying yeah. it's a, a strict no. We'll we'll look yeah. at it together and yeah, that's the thing. You, you, that's it. It's just got to be watched because it's so yeah. dangerous yeah. to let them just do whatever they want on it. Yeah, and and like I say, I wouldn't know what was going on if he was being nasty to someone. I found out because it was a football. It was on right. for his football team. Someone had created a football team chat. They'd lost nine nil that day. Finley was in a bit of a, one of his yeah, moods. Yeah. He's changing a lot because obviously yeah. he's eleven, puberty yeah, yeah. and all that. And he was just in that mood. I, I, I get in that mood, to be fair. You know, when you're in that mood where you're just that angry at the world, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, Especially yeah. him losing his granddad's took him really bad. So yeah. he, he was just angry at the world and this lad just got it. Yeah. You know, but he wouldn't dream of ringing up saying, right, I hate your face. You wouldn't do it, would you? Yeah. So don't, don't, yeah. don't do it on the text. So I'm hoping he just learned from that. And yeah. Like I say, a lot of people judge me on that. They judge me on like, you know, like I remember being watching football once and, the, and one of the kids got tackled 
pretty badly, lads. And I just stood there and went, are you not going to go over? They wanted me to run on the pitch. And like, I'm like, no. And they were like, God, some, some parent you are. You know, like a, com- like a little yeah, comment. And I'm yeah. like, he's been tackled. I'm not, what am I going to run on pitch for? Like, yeah. And, I'm, and I, get, I get it all the time. And because and I've got my own business, I've had it for 20 years. Like everybody else who's got self-employed, it's like, it's time consuming. Um, and you do worry about, I know you're doing your best for your kids by earning the money and you're giving them a good life, giving them a good house, giving, saving them for yeah. holidays, but you do work too much. And I always worry I'm missing out sometimes. Right. And I've always got that in the back of my head. Yeah. And it's quite a sore point for me, even though I'm not missing out and I'm doing the best I can possibly can. And I've no regrets on anything I've done. I had a camper van for 10 years while they were kids yeah. and I took them everywhere. I took yeah. them everywhere until they sort of grew out of it, really. So I've got no regrets on what I've done, but like... With, with the kids but some people sometimes make me feel a bit like you know like question myself like yeah. maybe I should be doing more and they don't mean it when they yeah. say stuff I mean people just come out with stuff don't they and say stuff and it's crazy um, like you know I'll go and pick my kid up from um, from school and they're like what are you doing here and they don't mean it but to me it really gets to me because I'm yeah. like what do you mean what am I doing I'm coming yeah. to pick my lance up yeah. oh are you quiet no, just come and pick my lands up, and I stopped doing the pick up because I was get. I went past four parents. What are you doing here? And I'm like, well, why is everyone asking me what yeah. I'm doing here? And I think to, and then I got in the van and kids are talking. I'm thinking maybe I don't pick them up enough. Maybe I need to finish yeah. early. And then I'm starting to question because you've only got one chance at parenting. Yeah. Literally, I've, you know, I'm coming to the end of it now. They're getting old, and I'm thinking, God, you know, you always question him mm. whether you're doing the right thing, yeah, everything. Yeah. So, but then you get a little comment, and it's like. Ah, you know, people are judging yeah. you, but I don't know. I don't think they actually mean it. A lot of the people that have said it have been friends and stuff like what they just, but they're not used to seeing me there. So that's when I was out thinking, oh, maybe I should spend yeah. more. But then you can't just finish work at two. You got all your tools on a job. No. You just can't do it. No. And plus, I'm the main breadwinner, yeah. so I've got to, I've got to keep the work coming in to pay for all the food, to feed, yeah. especially now I'm fourteen. It yeah. and, and <laughs> so it's it's hard, you know, and it's like the other week. Uh, you know, like I've not been in a good place with me, like with dad. It's been quite. I've been a bit depressed really about the whole my dad dying and stuff. Like it's been quite bad. But I've yeah. I've got coping mechanisms that I use. That I've I've been depressed before, and um, I'm I'm better right now. I go to the gym. You know, everyone gets depressed, but sometimes you just got to find a coping mechanism yeah, that'll get yeah. you through it. So I've got loads of them. But sometimes I have really bad days, like yeah. really bad days, like missing my dad, um, work someone will say the wrong thing and then if someone says the wrong thing then I'll probably spit dummy out yeah and this is the thing I went to a football the, the other week and I don't, I don't really like football anymore kids football anymore because people are shouting at the sidelines I find it quite negative yeah uh, they're shouting at the sidelines they're all having a go at each other everyone's like kicking off on the pitch parents yeah group messages you know stuff like that and if yeah. I'm annoyed I'll just say something and someone said to me innocently like say I just walked over and my mum, I've just come off a phone call from my mum because um, my mum was really down that day and she was really upset and I, I was trying to comfort her sort of thing, trying to get her to think positively yeah. or whatever, trying to just be a bit of a positive influence on her. And I've come off the phone call and I've used all my energy on that. I'd walked over, it's only a couple of weeks ago, and the guy went, oh, what are you doing here? You don't normally come and watch him. And that was it. I was like, ah, that's something I hate. Yeah. I can't stand it. So it's a bit like the school. Yeah, I'm like thinking, yeah. listen, mate, I said, I hate football. So that's why you don't see me much, because I find it yeah. negative. I said, I find it negative, so that's why I'd never come, really. 
And he's like, all oh, right, you never come to any of his matches. I'm thinking, I've come to loads of his matches. Yeah. I've, been, I've been his matches for years. But recently, because the way I've been about my dad and stuff, I've just been keeping out of them situations. Yeah. That's me. That's me coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to bite someone's head off. If I feel a bit crap, I'll just stay away. If I feel in a good mood, I'll go. Yeah. Um, but then this guy, obviously, because I've drained my mum, I've drained myself, giving yeah. my mum all positivity. The guy sort of just got a bit of a rant. <laughs> so I made myself look like a knob, really. But like, it wasn't his fault. He just, he just sort of said it. He didn't mean anything by it. But it's just like when people comment, it's like, oh, is everyone yeah. seeing that I'm not here for my kids? And that's what's really hard, the self-employment. I mean, my dad was never around, really, as a kid. He was always working. Yeah. But the life he gave us is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, you know, not so much money. But he had no money at all. Just the life he gave us, like, sacrificed so much to, so we had the best yeah. time. Holidays. We had the best place to live, even though he was really struggling to pay for it. Yeah, we had the best. If we wanted anything, like Jen said before about dancing yeah, lessons, yeah. he just made it happen. Yeah. And to be honest with you, He's never told. He's never t- sat me down and go. This is what you've got to do. You've got to be like this if you want to be a dad. I just lit- literally yeah. learn off what he's done, and then I've just done it with my kids. Mm-hmm. And since my dad's died, I've realised. Hang on a minute. I've just I've come this far, bringing these two kids up. You know, we'll meet Han. You know, and it's like they're they're becoming really good people. Yeah. And it's just from a bit of discipline and stuff yeah. like that. But it's. Uh, but you're always doubting yourself whether you're doing a good job. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people are, aren't they? Yeah, I think yeah. everyone does, don't they? Yeah. Even if they don't admit it, I, yeah. think, I think they do. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about parent? I mean, we've probably covered this anyway. I think you've basically answered all my questions oh, right. there. But <laughs> how do you feel about parenting? Good, bad, has it changed you? Do you have any regrets? Uh, do you think you're a good parent? Yeah, I think, think I'm a good parent. Yeah, I do think I'm a good parent because I'm teaching them I'm now teaching them for adult life, mm-hmm. where I think that you know to be, for them to be successful in whatever they do, they need to have a bit of open eyes for that. And yeah. yeah, I think I'm when I compare myself to some other people in a way where they're, they're sort of just ignoring it and just treating them like kids still, and they're yeah. eighteen. And still, you see, you know, I've got apprentices ringing, the mums are ringing up at sixteen saying, "Can he have a job?" I'm like, "Well, where's his? Where's he at?" Yeah, so. Yeah. We obviously I work for my family business yeah. and so we see a lot of this and I see it you see it on Facebook now, you see yeah. like mums posting, Oh my, my son yeah. or daughter needs a job and yeah. Being a business, I mean like we know that that isn't how you go about no, getting you a job, it. is well, it? I, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't employ anyone who the mums ring up. No. And this is this is why I'm probably a bit harsh on my lads because I say to them all the time, I'm not having, I'm not having you lads. I'm going to work at 16 and you're still in bed. It's not happening, mate. Yeah. Because my mum and dad wouldn't let me do that. I had yeah. to get a job. And yeah. they didn't, they weren't forcing me to get a job. They were just like, it was just, in your, right, you have to get a job. It, it was like, yeah. you could it tell everyone was leaving. Like my sister yeah. left to uni and then like, I'd go and get a job. And then obviously, that Jen, she just went to dance college or whatever. And everyone's doing, I don't know, it just sort of, we yeah. just did, did it. I can't have my lads being at home. Mm. And, if I tell him that's what like so he lost his wallet the other day and I said to him you've lost your wallet mate you're gonna have to ring up booze and he rang up booze and asked him if he's he rang up all the places Google all the things and rang up all the places and I thought and, and when he come back I said I've rang them I've rang them I'm like thinking yes yeah my, my disciplining like my yeah, hard yeah. parenting is working <laughs> because he's rang them off his own back mm-hmm. 
and he's in, and he's literally sorted it out himself. Yeah. And in a in four, he's fourteen in two years time he's gonna have to do all that himself. It's yeah. like my nephew Jay now he's at uni, so he's having to sort all this stuff yeah, out. Yeah. Jen's really looked after yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so but he, so he's, some, he's taking a bit of adjustment because yeah. Jen's always like giving like a really good life. She's been a great life. But he's he's starting to appreciate it now because mm. he's not he's not living there yeah. and he's having to pay for stuff like yeah. his car. And stuff. <laughs> he's gonna hate paying for his car tax. Yeah. Car tax this month. But it's this is the thing. So it's like I don't know. And the, the thing is though, would you? I mean, we can kind of grasp from what you've said, but yeah. I know as a mum, I wouldn't dream of ringing somewhere for my girls and saying, "Oh, you, have you got any jobs?" You, I would be the yeah. same as you. Like, no, if you yeah. you need to do that yourself, you go yeah. in or you ring up yourself. Yeah. I'm not doing that for you. Well, I had to get to my granddad was a massive positive influence on my on mm-hmm. my life, and my dad, granddad died at sixteen, so it was right. just when I got my apprenticeship. So my granddad was like, I used to be dead close to my granddad, mm-hmm. out of everybody, because I, I was the only lad. Yeah. He used to love going to his house. He was so funny, like proper good laugh, um, say just really funny. And he, he what's I think I must have gone to his house every school holiday, you know, for a yeah. week or something, just to keep him company as well, because we, he lost my grandma when she was like forty eight, so he was right. on his own for quite Gosh. a long time. And um, so I used to keep him company, he used to have a good laugh, he used to go play football and all that sort of stuff. And it, yeah, he's it, it, been a bright positive influence on me. And he said to me, he goes, if you want to be a joiner, because I said I wanted to be a joiner at 14, right. 15, so I wanted to get into that trade because I love building stuff and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he said, if you want to be a joiner, Rob, you need to get that yellow pages open and write down all the numbers uh, from the joiners and ring every single one. I said, yeah, but what if no one's taking any well on? He says, well, you won't know if you won't ring him. And I rang the whole phone book, and honestly, some some yellow people, pages, yeah, yeah, yellow pages, <laughs> yeah, yellow pages, Thompson local yellow pages, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, so I rang all these people. Honestly, um, I had about four people out of the whole yellow pages that said like, oh yeah, drop your drop a CV off, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, well, oh, some people were really nasty. Like, why are you ringing me number? Why, why are you ringing me? Where did you get my number? So I, I get it now. Yeah. They've probably not been in Yellow Pages for ages. And been, <laughs> yeah. and it, but, but I rang every single person. And then I was getting a bit fed up with it. I said, oh, that's not, I can't, it doesn't work. So I went to, started college. And uh, I did a Jarvis test at the time. Showing my age now. I did a Jarvis <laughs> test at the time. And then you did, I did like a, if you didn't have an apprenticeship, you went on a multi-skills course. Anyway, you went on a multi-skills course and, and I was doing like, oh God, I, was, I hated it because I was in with like all the lads that couldn't really be bothered, they'd like yeah. left school, they were chucking hammers around. I, I was dead serious, like I wanted to be a joiner and that. And I didn't have an apprenticeship and I was just dying to get this apprenticeship. So because I was there, like one time, honestly, I couldn't believe it, a hammer went past my head. It would have killed me. Like it flew past my head, mm. screwdrivers flying about. They couldn't control the class, it was yeah. crazy. And um, he did like six weeks joiner, six weeks bricklaying or whatever and, and all that. And I was just like dying to get a trip, yeah. like an apprenticeship. Anyway, you only went three days a week at college. And I remember my granddad, so I was 16 at the time, my granddad was pretty ill. He had he had like Alzheimer's and all sorts yeah. going on. And my mum looked after him quite a lot. And I was just before, like 16, started college. And uh, I was I was doing, what's it, probably three days a week at college and then two days a week at home. Mm-hmm. And I was walking through Silverdale once and there was a building site. And I was like, just gonna ask her, see if they've got any jobs. And I sat there. Mm. I used to the woman at the shop actually. My dad used to do all the books from Silver because I had quite a close yeah, community yeah, in it. So I was sat with Sandra. I was just having a bit of a counselling session. She was like, <laughs> dead nice, Sandra at the shop. And she, I said, oh, I'm fed up. I said, I just want a job. So I don't want to do this college course. I said, I might ask over there. And she went, No, I just go and ask. Well, no harm in asking, is there? Yeah. So I walked over, asked, 
and it was just like obviously building site, everything going off, two ground workers in this thing. I said, Do you have any jobs at here, mate? Apprenticeships? Oh, you have to ask the boss, he's, he's tomorrow. He'll be he'll be here tomorrow. All right, okay. So I come back the next day, luckily I was off. Mm. He wasn't there. So they said, Oh no, I'd seen another guy. I was like, uh, yeah, he's not here. He'll be back Monday. I'm like, oh, right, okay. So anyway, Monday I was at college. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, I thought, oh, I'm going to try this building site again. Went in, walked in, and I said, oh, is, that, uh, is the boss back again? He went, are you the lad from last week? I went, yeah. <laughs> he went, right, I think he's been looking for you. I said, all right, right. I, walked in, I walked in the office, and the guy went, have you been twice before? I said, yeah. He went, you can have a job, mate. He goes, that's right. I'm going to give you a job because you've come twice. And you know what? Since that day... That guy changed my life. Yeah. He's like, the, the work I've done um, since that day, mm-hmm. he's, he's changed my life. Yeah. Like, if he didn't give me that job, I don't know where I'd work that would have supported me through, like, the right through the apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. The, the job was amazing. It did, like, roofing. It did, like, all aspects of joinery. It could do anything, building, anything. And it was just, like, everyday repetitive. And I wasn't... Always messing about like apprentices were. It was like a, it was like a site, so I mucked in with everybody. Yeah. And the laugh was great. It taught me, like, about people, the building game, and that four years that I was there. Um, I was there from sixteen to like twenty. Uh, and when we were qualified, we, we were that good as a team. Me and the lads that were there, we were doing houses on ourselves. So I I listened to a lot of the lads, and the, a lot of the lads were getting fed up at that time because they'd be twenty. Oh, we can earn more money somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So I got a bit like, oh, how come with you lads then? And the York was the worst thing I ever did. I should, I should have stayed there for a good few years because the guy supported me right through apprenticeship. And I wasn't the easiest apprentice. I was always like, in the Carlton and <laughs> liquid. I was at liquid three nights a week. So I was hard work. At one time, one time, I think I slept in, once I got the job and everything, I think I was 18 or whatever. I think I went out on a Thursday night because student <laughs> night or something. And I slept in the car all day. And I got up, I was like, oh my God, I can't sleep. I feel like anxiety then, thinking, oh my God, I feel really bad. I've yeah, like slept in the yeah. car. Like, I got out, closed the door, and the old boss walked past, went, hi Rob, you alright, mate? <laughs> but, and my mate said, that's because he don't miss you, because he don't do the work. But they were such a good outfit, and they gave me that start in yeah, life. Yeah. And I will always be thankful for what they've done for me. So them giving that start in life, I pass on to people over the years. Yeah. I've passed on, I've created five joiners, you know, I've I give people. I always look after people like he looked after me because just give them that start. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. It's like sometimes they're a bit too nice and sometimes I look after people too well. Mm. But that start there, that guy gave me, it was massive, and it just came down from a bit of persistence. Yeah. The granddad's old school advice: yeah. just speak to a mate, just ring him, just ring him. And all them people I'd rang in the in the, in the book, you know, I'd rang so many people. Yeah. And I remember getting a couple of phone calls back once I got the job, saying, oh, you rang and you left your details. Do you want to come in for a test? I'm like, I've got an apprenticeship now. I'm like, all right, no worries. And, and if I didn't get the apprenticeship, that could have been someone else. Uh, yeah, yeah. But a couple of people that got apprenticeships um, at that time, I think it was 1998 or something like that, 99, they'd gone with one-man bands and they'd failed after a year because yeah. they'd not kept him on or they didn't get on with the guy and... That could have been me. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for that start in life. And I did my granddad proud because my granddad died, actually, the week, the year I did my apprenticeship. So he get, the advice he gave me has just constantly been in my head all the mm-hmm. time, all my life. And that advice I'm now in, putting into yeah, my kids. Yeah. And that is working. Yeah. It's working. It's, it's like, I can see it working. And it's like little things. I'm, when he said it, I ran from a wallet, mm. he's not expecting me to do it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, 
I felt really, I mean, my soft side is like, I felt really bad. His wallet was lost, £100 cash he had in it. Yeah. From his birthday, I thought, oh, I need to give him it back. And then I thought, no, I can't. Yeah. I like, or I'll give him it back, or uh, I don't know, sometimes I'll take money off him and I'll just put it in his bank account. But because yeah. he's given it me, he thinks it's gone. It's just, and then old school values. It's hard as a parent, I think, isn't it? Because you, you feel like you've always got to protect them. Yeah. And you've got to make sure that they're all right. But if you do that, you're not preparing them for you're the not, real world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is exactly my way of thinking. You're not preparing them. Yeah. And the thing is, if you don't prepare them in a world like today, yeah. they will fail even more yeah. you know they, they need to my lads are going to run out of that school and they're going to have social school everybody comments on it and you know even from walking there's a woman uh, that lives on our street she just ignores him every time he walks past her just keep on saying hello mate yeah. so just keep on saying hello and you'll crack her one day yeah. saying, <laughs> don't just give up yeah. and I, anyway she just keeps on saying hello she hasn't said hello yet but she's just a bit miserable I, I think it's maybe she's not a morning person yeah but I said to him, just you be, if you can, you can sleep at night, you're a nice person, you're doing everything yeah. you can, you'll meet people that don't appreciate that, you know, but it's just obviously they've got to learn from the mistakes. Yeah. I'm trying to teach them from my mistakes. It's, it's like, but it's just having good values, I think. Yeah. And then it's all passed down from, you know, uh, yeah, from that really. Um, is there anything in your life that has shaped how you parent that you're happy to talk about? Any situations or circumstances that have affected this? I mean, we've covered quite a bit yeah, of that already, but if yeah. there's anything else. Um, I think because I've come from a, a good family, solid, my mum and dad had a solid relationship for yeah. like, you know, 48 years they were married. And I think, you know, them, don't get me wrong, I, I remember arguments, you know, because my dad was self-employed and he had no money, like, and he had four kids. I mean, that must yeah. have been a nightmare. I mean, four kids is a lot of kids. Yeah, it's a <laughs> lot of kids. And he, he's trying, and the thing is, he's trying his best. Yeah. And I think that put a lot of pressure on, on the relationship. And I think people mask relationships with social media and, and what they do and all that. And I think relationships are hard because <clears throat> relationships, um, there's a lot of things that can that put a spanner in the works and it's kids, kids are big stress. Yeah and you've got work life you've got expenses you know we only argue really like we argued the other day because i walked in i just like obviously all this money had gone out and stuff and i've just started working out the money and stuff and then next minute qs wanted 395 quid for a ski trip i'm like oh my god that's not in my budget <laughs> or when do you want it in the morning i'm like oh my god I can't just do that you know yeah, so yeah. like it, it it's the tension of that you know yeah. and i think you've got to the more you go through as a couple and the more you get through like the childhood bit I think when kids are really young you know you, you, you all want kids and then next week when kids are really young I think it's I think it's quite stressful because it's a big change but yeah. as you as you come through all that you grow stronger as a couple yeah. like my mum and dad did it I can see when I look back now now my dad's life's over I look back at what he did and what my mum and dad were my mum seeing my mum so upset and heartbroken now like every day I see the love she's got for him, you know, mm. and then obviously my, my, my dad as well, like even when he was ill, the love they had together, yeah. it, they've grown stronger. Yeah. They've gone through, so, you know, I said to my mum, I said to my mum all the time, you've gone through all that, you know, like four kids, you know, affording it all. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, I think, yeah, it's, I think you learn off that, I think, 
and I think it just you've got to however you know you've got to stick together and work yeah. as a team. Yeah, I think you're working as a team's a massive one. Like I, I, I never get home at half four or five o'clock. I never. I'm sort of random really because it's just <laughs> the way it is to work. Like yeah. if I'm doing some doors at your house and there's one more door to fit, I'll just fit the door and yeah. then get out of your house and then you're not. I have to come back tomorrow, so I might get back about eight or something like that. I get lads working for me, and ah, for the wives are on the phone. Where you at? Where you at? Where? And that's just causing more pressure that yeah. doesn't need. Because then, then all of a sudden, my jobs are getting rushed around. And, yeah. oh, and I said, "What do you do when you get home?" I just went, oh, "Well, yeah. I was like, yeah, but we need to, we need to be anyway." No, and it was just like Hannah's not like that. She sort of lets me. She knows because she's been yeah. self-employed since I've been with her. She knows I'm just sorting that out, and yeah. I'll be back when I'm back. So I guess it's like a mutual respect as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like from a mum's point of view it's really hard when you're the one at home with the kids yeah, and you're really the one hard. doing the school runs and doing the yeah. club runs and on all that yeah. kind of stuff. But my husband's self-employed at yeah. the same time because I've come from a family that's been self-employed and I've yeah. seen my dad when he was employed by someone to go in to being self-employed and yeah. I saw all the hard work and stuff that that yeah. took. So when my husband went self-employed, I kind of knew what to expect. But at the same time, I didn't want it to affect our family life as maybe as much as it did maybe like when I was a child. Yeah. But it's just having that respect for what he's doing. Well, yeah, and what like he's doing. Yeah, what both he's... kind of appreciate yeah. what yeah, exactly. the other one's doing. Isn't yeah, and, it? They try, and you try to build a good family. Yeah. You, or you try to build stuff. Yeah. It's like we, we lived in Carnforth. We got our first house in Carnforth at Crad Bank. Mm-hmm. And um, we were about 21 then. And then like we just did the house support time we had like a boxer dog and we just did the house yeah. and she'd come on from work and I'd like rip the house to bits <laughs> I'd just love it I'd just rip the house to bits and then it was great and then and then I must have changed the house loads of times and to be fair I wanted to move out of there and then and then get something else to do I would have got a house to do up and yeah. I would have had about five houses but Hannah wanted to stay there and mm. forever she's wanted forever home this could be this yeah. and you know and I'm like yeah but I would want five houses why had the energy looking back why yeah. I had the energy I wish I'd done about three or four houses but we stayed in the house because we were well happy with where we were like the neighbours were brilliant and we yeah. created a great life for our kids to come into and we, we were just you know it's just like we've built between us, we've built, to, not just me, just doing yeah, joining, yeah. we've built together, like, this house, it had a mint extension on the back, I'd just finished it, and then we sold it, <laughs> so I couldn't believe it, but, like, we, we'd we done this house up, and looking back, we built, the lads grew up there, and then they moved when they were 10 and 7, Yeah. so we've got the other house, which was like, we always wanted a four-bed detached house, and I just wanted a new build, mm. people like, Comment, oh, why do you want a new build? But I just wanted a new build because I could just come home and not yeah, do anything because yeah. I burnt myself out with this house. I've done it, done so much work to it, <laughs> and I was like, right, I just want this new build. So Hannah found these new builds, and we got went to go. Nothing's ever been easy for us. It's always been hard work. Mm. It always been hard work. There's always summer, and obviously being self-employed, went for the mortgage on this new one. The woman oh, actually yeah. said, the woman actually said, like, dream house, forget it. And we just got in the car, we're like, oh, we'll never get a house. We'll never get, we'll just have yeah. to stay there forever. And it was just like, we don't, I don't really want to stay there forever, though. Yeah. You know, like, I want to move. Anyway, went to see this other guy, got recommended, and he, he said, oh, no, you know, you can, you can, you can afford it. You can do this and do that, whatever. Anyway, we managed to get this new build. And from then, 2020, it was a big decision because of bigger mortgage and stuff. Yeah. 
and removed him to Bolton's hands. <coughs> um, but he was really good for kids' skills and stuff. But we got this mortgage of this house, and it, it, we've never looked back really. But it was really worrying taking that next yeah, step. But yeah. we both did it together. You know, yeah. it wasn't just me just saying I'll want to move yeah. here. But that's what Hannah wanted. In a way, I'm doing what my dad did. Mm. Hannah sort of she not she never asked for anything. But I knew that she wanted this house, and I thought, well, she wants it. It's fine. She's gonna, yeah. gonna happy wife, happy yeah. wife. Is <laughs> so I just think you know that's that's the next step really so covid happened just before we mm. moved in so i was like what am i doing so we did have no work for three weeks yeah. and then we moved into this bigger house it was, it was scary but now we've got we've been there three four years built the bar on the back um a gym in there it's amazing and we built it together because yeah. she runs the house yeah and she never ever moans at me about anything like that because she knows that i'll just sort all the house out like outside I do all the outside yeah. door, but like I come home at eight o'clock. She's always made me tea. You know, I really appreciate what she does for us. And because she does that, it gives me time to concentrate on the other stuff. Yeah. She just, it just works yeah. because you because you've got that and sort I, of understanding. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Sometimes it can be hard to find that yeah. dynamic where you you kind of I don't like using the word balance because there's never a balance, yeah, but where no. you like balance each other. Yeah, out you, you do. Yeah, you just kind of work it out together and. There's like like you said when kids are small, it's hard to find yeah. that dynamic because there's so much going on. But yeah, it's really it's, re it's really hard. It. Yeah, I think it's it's just time. Yeah. It, it, you know, getting through different stuff, and like I say, kids chuck a span in the work with like I, my son Finley's got a liver disease. Right. So in two thousand and twelve, he was only twelve weeks old, and uh, he got we got told he had an incurable liver disease. So he's right. got alpha one antitrypsin de uh, deficiency. So he basically his liver doesn't function like a normal person's. It doesn't create protein. Right. So <clears throat> when we found out it was like uncurable, it sort of hit us really badly, yeah. really, because we were like, "Oh, this is not in the script. This, do you know what I mean? Yeah, this is yeah. crazy. We've got one healthy boy. How can we have this one?" And it was to do with the genes. Alpha one. It's to do with a, a, just one gene, and it's just mixed to something. And me and Hannah have got that gene or right. whatever or something. And it's created this disease. Anyway, he wasn't putting any weight on. He was really ill for 12 weeks and we didn't know what it was. Like saying, we got diagnosed with uh, disease because he literally wasn't feeding properly right. and stuff. Uh, but as soon as we found out that, I'm really proactive and that's why, that's when I started my fundraising because I couldn't just sit there. Oh, your son's got a rare disease, you can't do anything. I can't just go, I can't just do that. Yeah. You know? So in 2013, Christmas, I set up Finley's fundraisers and that's been a real positive thing to help us mm -hmm. um, overcome. To be honest, I use it all the time to help overcome issues that yeah. come along. <clears throat> and it's been really successful. It's raised over 50 grand for charities. Wow. And it's people love it. We, I used to do loads of really good events, like football events. And oh, I've did also, I've even got I've even got a cement wagon with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, Bay Mix have sponsors it. And it's literally <laughs> all over. Since COVID's come, it's been quite hard to... To do events because yeah. people aren't really bothered anymore. Yeah. I don't know. People have changed, haven't they? A bit, but like that got us through some quite tough times because it was really, really stressful. That you just didn't know what was going to happen yeah. with him, and they kept on saying he might have a, a transplant before he's nine. So we were just constantly worrying about yeah. him, everything, and he can't be around smoke. He can't be around anything that affects his lungs because right. the protein in his liver um, protects his lungs basically. So right, he hasn't okay. got the protein. So if he smoked, his lungs aren't protected. So 
say someone smokes and they give up, the lungs rebuild, where Finley's doesn't rebuild. Right. So he will have um, like cardiovascular problems, you know, mm-hmm. when he's older. Yeah. Like COPD and stuff like yeah. that. He will have that when he's older. Um, <clears throat> and it's really difficult because he needs to eat really well. Mm-hmm. And he's one of them kids that just likes chicken nuggets and stuff. <laughs> oh, it's a nightmare, honestly. It's stressful. But you know what? He's doing really well. And we've had him 11 years and it's been 11 years of fundraising my dad loved doing the fundraising events like loved them and i've got no regrets on what we've done i'm just so i'm proud of my family really for whatever what we've done we've we turned a really negative situation into like a really positive one and it still keeps going to this day you know just and social media helped that that's the positive thing about social media it helped spread the word about it and a lot of people know about finley's condition that didn't know about it before but i think you know, that has brought me and my wife closer together, going through all that. And then recently, obviously, me, uh, my dad um, passing. Mm-hmm. She's been like a rock to the whole family. Yeah. Because uh, Finley's really struggled with it. Uh, Callum just keeps it all in. So yeah. he just blows, you know. And she's had to deal with four, three boys, and we are a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, real, real hard work. Because, like, obviously, we're, we're boys, aren't we? She's like, I'm sick of boys. <laughs> and she goes and buys a pub, puppy boy. <laughs> She must like him, really. But, yeah, so it's, um, like I say, I think you've just got to, I think it's from them role models. Mm-hmm. You just end up yeah. sort of copying them, really, yeah. don't you? And I think that's good for your kids going on, and hopefully that our kids will realise that when they get married or whatever, yeah. <coughs> hopefully we're, without telling them, we're mm-hmm. sort of teaching them that you've just got to stick together through thick and thin with stuff like that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. What is your biggest value when it comes to parenting? Um, I'd probably strictness. <laughs> strictness. Yeah, you know the the what I've talked about before yeah. about the maybe, and oh no, probably yeah, maybe that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say showing them the right way to do it and telling them when they've done wrong, and 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 you know, uh, and I'd say moving. Um, what's it? Not getting stuck in the era. So mm-hmm. I've got a lot of mates that are stuck in the nineties. They still think Carlton's still open, right? You've I love got the nineties though. Great, it? <laughs> yeah, it's great, wasn't it? But we lived it. So it's brilliant. But I try and I try and keep up to date. I know, like, I try and keep up to date with the lads, you know, yeah. and these mates. Yeah, and, I know and what you I mean. I don't try and be because my dad was always like into trains and. You know, he was he was always like stuck in the era of yeah. that. Oh, you, you want to get into the shadows, like we don't do that. We at our house, I've got some decks and I make mixes for him, and he like he'll play him all the time on, on the yeah. mixes, and like we go and watch Morecambe, uh, and that's been a massive, like massive thing. So I've took Cal to watch Morecambe since he was three. Yeah, he's a massive Morecambe fan now. He loves it. It's his it's his life. You know, mm-hmm. he just wants to be a professional footballer, which I think personally he can do because he's got the mentality for it. Yeah. You know, to and he, he's d- obsessed with it. I think he can do it. He's that good. Um, you know, and he's that obsessed with it. And you have to be obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, but it's all been inspired from watching Morecambe since we were three. So we've always gone to watch Morecambe and over COVID and my dad uh, being so ill last year, we've not been to as many games and it's been been hard because like we've literally went religiously i mean we're going to barrow morecambe tonight and it's great yeah. we're starting to get it back again and i think you know that doing that i'm like his mate now yeah and it's brilliant he's 14 he, t- he starts talking to me about stuff um it gives you that connection yeah massive it? It, massive yeah and it, i just treat him like one of the lads now so i think that's 
hopefully that's working because I'm open he just tells me stuff yeah. so I'm trying to explain to him I've been there mate with everything you know mm-hmm. and what I've experienced and you can talk to me about it yeah. and the thing especially being the building game for like you see all sorts of characters yeah and go through all yeah and see all sorts of, here's all sorts of stories so like you just you're more like streetwise if you want so yeah. I know what's going on and I think having apprentices and seeing what they talk about yeah. you think oh my god you like see I don't know you're just being a bit more switched on and yeah. even when they get girlfriends my, my mum dad and my sister used to be like you yeah. know, like making bar- <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't do that. I don't yeah. do that. I just like say, I'm just, oh, right, sound mate, she's yeah. all right, yeah. So, you know, I don't don't embarrass them. And, yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably, I try and be the mates now. I've gone from, because mm. they come into teenagers, I've gone from being a dad to sort of like a mate. Yeah. So they can ring me anytime they want, talk to me about anything yeah. they want. And that, that's what it is. You have to that switch, don't you? And we're yeah, kind of finding this sometimes. now as our eldest is obviously high school, about to become a teen. And it's, I think from parents I speak to and stuff a lot not every parent realises and they still try and be that parent where they're in charge and yeah. in control but you, you've you kind of got to switch it up haven't you and yeah. they're finding their own way now yeah that's and that and that's the thing you've got to sort of be with them as they're growing up and mm. it's like I'm taking his mate and it's pretty good because his mates go oh your dad's well good laugh but you know, <laughs> picking, so it's good when you hear stuff like you think oh that's, yeah. that's good because you do feel old like sometimes when they're going on but like yeah, I'm going to pick his mate up tonight and his mate's coming with yeah. us. And I just want to, like say, I want to continue doing it all, all through my life. And yeah. and the main thing is I want to keep as fit as I can so I can play five-a-side and, and just mm-hmm. want to look after myself as best I can so I can be the best person I can, really. Yeah. So, and I think I've got a gym in my house that I've built and recently, well, I built it last year to keep myself busy yeah. when my dad was ill. And that's been the best thing ever because what they do now is they automatically just go into the gym and do workouts mm-hmm. And it's like, I've not returned to him, get in the gym, get, I'm not forcing yeah. him. He's just seeing how it's affecting me, and my mental health, and how better person I am going in there, and the fitter I am and stuff. He's wanting to do it, they follow suit. So it's like, yeah, I'd probably say, that's probably the best, yeah. best thing, really. What has been your biggest challenge so far? Uh, losing my dad, massively. Because mm-hmm. my dad was like, my best mate and he was like my accountant <laughs> yeah he was he, I'd say out of anything in life that is the worst thing ever mm. like your life isn't the same because uh, your life's not the same you've not got that role model with you yeah. um, <clears throat> I used to speak to my dad like every other day or uh, it wouldn't go a full week without speaking to him or something daft Yeah. and I'd say Losing him, and especially the way he died with the yeah, brain tumor. Yeah, and it must yeah. be a bit of a shock as well. Well, it was, it was yeah. Very... Jen rang me up, and uh, <coughs> it was funny actually because I'd spoke to him, and I was moaning about some sort of bill from HRC or something <laughs> like that, and it gone to the wrong address. Usual dad stuff, yeah. and usual dad as well. He texted me and said, "Yeah, it's all sorted. It's just gone to the wrong address. It's you don't have to pay it. It's uh, it's an old bill or something." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "All oh, right, okay, sound." how are you doing whatever and just a normal chat that was on a Thursday and I'm on holiday yeah and then on the Saturday morning Jen rings me and says uh, right don't go mad but Jack, I think dad's had a stroke I was like whoa what's, what's, what do you mean he was fine on Thursday and he was like no no he's he's not talk he's all slurred he's mm. he's, he's, he's like he's talking you know his talking's gone funny he's not making sense yeah I was like alright oh, right. so I thought right 
positive head comes on. I'm like, right, well, hopefully it'll be all right then. Yeah, oh yeah, I think it'll be all right. Jen's like, yeah, but I wanted to tell you because obviously you're on holiday, but mm. you know, but don't worry about it. It's fine. <clears throat> so I was like, right. So I said, just let me know what happens. And he went on to, went to hospital, got a lot of scans done straight yeah. away. And then on the Sunday, I went to. It was on my mind, but I was on holiday, so I was probably the best place to hear it because I'm like, son, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> anyway, we planned to go to this water park, and. We didn't hear anything off my dad or whatever. He was on hospital. Everyone just text saying, yeah, he's all right. He's yeah. in hospital or whatever. But he's all right. he seems all right now. I was like, all right, sound. Yeah. So I think he's got away with it or whatever. I thought, happy days, you know. Because straight yeah. away, somebody said a stroke. I think he, was, he lost all the yeah, down one yeah. side and all sorts. And he hadn't done that. So I thought, oh, happy days, you know, like maybe he'll be on mend. Yeah. So we went out for tea on that Saturday night. And then, um, but it's funny actually, because we went out for tea and it was one of them classic, like, people cover it up, don't they? We had a massive argument about where we're going to have some food because he's fussy about eating. I'm like, oh, and then Finn wants up. It was a mass. So we ended up driving. I think we got a taxi to Bella Medina, had this kick off, and then got a taxi back and had it all, had it all inclusive anyway. And when I look back, I think, why did we just do that? Because everyone was stubborn. Like, I'm going back yeah. there, you know. So it was one of them. But I'll tell you what that is. That was because of the yeah. hidden stress of my dad, you yeah. know, like me maybe being a bit like biting, you know, because mm-hmm. um, the kids were being fussy or whatever. And that's that's hard. That sometimes yeah, you've got yeah. stuff going on in your head, and then you something's happening. Yeah. And you're like, ah, it's really hard to sort of deal with that. So the next day we went to water park, and uh, we sort of getting on with our day. Kids were having loads of fun. It's like anything. Kids are having fun. You know, everyone's happy. It's like great, yeah. isn't it? It's like you can just chill out with us. So I was having a couple of beers and that. It's brilliant. And then uh, Hannah went. Right, I'm going to go back to um, the locker and then go and sit down for a bit. So I went to the locker and the phone's ringing. And I'm thinking, oh, that's my phone, that's my phone, that. And I'm thinking, is it Jen? I was like, oh, yeah, what's the news then? What's crack? She went, right, don't go, don't, it's not, it's not that bad, but it's got a small brain trim, it's tiny, but they reckon they can zap it. So I'm like, right, okay. But as soon as she said that, I'm like, I know a customer that's died of a brain tumor, and all these people have died of brain tumor, mm. and I'm thinking, oh, my God. So I'm thinking, right, <coughs> but I couldn't speak to him. Because in hospital still. So she went, just don't stress, don't ruin your... They, they didn't want me to text you and ring you because you're on holiday. And I'm like, no, I need to know, like, yeah. sort of thing. Anyway, so I was like, right, okay. So I just literally got a phone. I felt like a numb feeling, just went for a beer. And as I went for a beer, this woman, this last one, mm. where are you from? And I turned around, I was like, uh, Mork, you have to, you have yeah, to say Mork, <laughs> don't you? And I said, oh, Mork. And she went, Tyson Fury, and she started oh, going yeah. mad. Anyway, she started going like, Matt, do you remember Wigan Pier and all this? And I was like, anyway, it switched, like, it was quite funny, like, yeah. the situation. So I was like, all right, and I'd sort of come round a bit. And then I got this beer, and then I sort of walked back to Hannah and the, and the boys and stuff. And uh, some of our friends were there that we'd met yeah. on holiday. And I just, Hannah was like, is everything all right? I said, oh, my dad's, like, I'd just come back, like, normal. It's weird. I went into, like, a, a fight mode. Yeah, yeah. I was like... Ah, it's, it's a nightmare. So you reckon he's got a brain tumor? She just burst out crying. Mm. Oh my god! And so I was like, uh, I, she completely burst out crying because she wasn't expecting yeah. it. And uh, so I found out on holiday then, and then since then my life's just completely changed. So like, my life was just really easy. I thought it was hard then, but it was really easy. Mm. Like everyone was healthy. And that's the thing, everyone was healthy, that's yeah. why it was easy, it was, you know, life's never easy, money, all sorts of stuff, but life was easy because everyone was well. Yeah. And that everyone used to be, I'd just be really appreciative that everyone was well. 
Dad was still working as well, so he wasn't. Yeah. He, no one knew it was coming, and then um, so obviously I'd, I had another week on holiday, knowing that my dad's got his tumor. Yeah. So I spoke to him a couple of times, and he just didn't make sense at all what he was yeah. saying. So straight away from then, I thought I'm gonna have to. I know he's gonna die. I know he's gonna die. Like you don't have to tell me he's gonna die. So I started making <coughs> making um, loads of memories. Um, albums, uh, vid- uh, voice recorded his voice, you know, mm. conversations and stuff like that. Anyway, got back home, went to go and see him straight away, and he literally like it was awful. I walked in, and it was like the actual cancer video. Like I walked in, my mum and dad are sat on the sofa, both in tears, mm. just randomly. It was just horrendous, and my whole yeah. life's falling apart around me. And I'm thinking this is horrendous. So, just give him a hug and that, and. Just tried to be positive, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, he was on loads of steroids, so he started talking all right." Yeah. And he said, "Oh, it's all right. Don't worry." He, he just didn't think. Oh, he was just like, "Oh, don't worry. I'll do some accounts next week. I'll get back to work in a couple of weeks." Mm. And I'm like, "I'm thinking, no, this, no one knew what this tumor was and how yeah. bad it was." And then he obviously went into this operation. When he went for the operation in September, and they completely messed it up, yeah. and they ruined they ruined his life. Yeah. Like. I know the tumour was progressing badly and if he didn't do the operation he probably wouldn't have lasted till Christmas but at least we could have maybe spoke to him yeah. and he could have understood what we were on about. But so really I lost my dad on the 5th of September. Yeah. So there was no more communication. Uh, he was just angry all the time and that's not my dad at all. He was, you know. And ever since that, my life's completely changed. And you know, even, you know, t- we l- I looked after him constantly every week and I, I sacrificed, and this is the thing about going back to the parenting and the lads, I literally, this is what happened, the team of my family, I just had to do what I had to do. Mm-hmm. I had never, ever moaned at me once. So, I, But I still had a business to run. Yeah. So I had a business to run. My dad had a brain tumour with like three months to live. My lads had still had stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I had to support the family. I had to still come to someone's house and go and do joinery yeah. or do do a job. And I had my mum to look after and support. Yeah. So I'm like, but I had to, I just stepped up and just did it. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've got no regrets what I did because I, I raised money for Macmillan, did a big walk. Yeah. I did raise money for St. John's Hospice, doing a run. I uh, I took my dad on trains. I literally did everything I could possibly do mm. and I've got no regrets of that. But it, it took a toll on the family a bit because I, I, I couldn't go on football with the kids. You know, I, like a lot of the time I was there. I was a dad all the time, 24-7, caring for him, helping care for him. My mum cared for him the best. But even she was sort of saying, oh, I'm not caring for him the best because you always think that you're not doing enough. Yeah. So when he's gone in, in January, my life's completely changed now. And it, it's like, now it's the focus on my mum. And, and I guess did that maybe leave, like, obviously you're doing all that and then he's gone. So then all what you were doing is yeah, gone. Exactly, so did yeah. it leave, like, maybe a bit of Yeah, a Yeah, I know what you mean. Like you know a void. I mean? Like yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so it was like, yeah, because for the last... Since that phone call, yeah. Jen rang me. My life wasn't the same. So like, I, looking back, I don't know how I went to work every day. Yeah. But I've got a lad who works for me who's absolutely brilliant, and he knows my dad, and he's he's been apprentice since sixteen. He rang up for a job. He didn't, his mum didn't ring up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I took him on. He rang up. So he's brilliant, and he, he well, it's, he, you know, he literally ran, helped run it because he was just he was just constantly there working yeah. all the time and, and he's there all the time you know it was great but I think he kept me going he doesn't really know to this extent how much he kept me going yeah. like just a bit of normal life yeah. a, bit, a bit of laugh all the time and kept it going I think, I don't think if I had him I wouldn't have worked at all mm-hmm. I don't think I could have done it yeah. 
So I think he doesn't understand how much he's helped me, really. Yeah. Like, you can sort of tell him, but he doesn't understand the yeah, full see, extent. Yeah. yeah, and he's helped me all, all through the year. Just for being him, you know, just mm -hmm. keeping it going, working. He kept me in a routine, yeah. drills routine. And even when my dad went, I literally saved up some money so I could have two, three weeks off because I saved that and was prepping for the day. Yeah, yeah. And I had to have three weeks off work and I just literally couldn't function. Yeah. But since his death and stuff, like, it's been so hard to sort of, I've had to get my mum sorted with the house yeah. and get her out of the house. So I've had to get her out of the house, which has took all my time off. So yeah, again, so I've not really been a parent for a year. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, you know, I've been a zombie for a year, just helping my mum and dad. It's slowly coming back now, because obviously my mum's settled in a house. Yeah. I've done it all up for her, and she's settled. But it's, yeah, it's been it's been really tough parenting-wise, yeah. you know, like, be, try to be a dad. Well, that's, it's yeah. hard, isn't it? Because parenting is obviously 24-7, like, there's no break from parenting. You can't, yeah, you can't get away from it. real life isn't just you being a parent, yeah. is it? There's no. so much else going on that you've got to do yeah yeah it's that's really a bit, hard. yeah it is really hard and that's i've actually had counseling with john that counselor mm -hmm. minds um because what i do is i've had i've had depression before in the past and i've rang john and john's been the best yeah. and it, it, john's advice i'm a quick learner with stuff like that don't like to to like mess about yeah. one time i had antidepressants for six months it was the worst thing ever because yeah. the doctor just gave me them yeah and i thought i can't have these i'm only 30 i was 34 i was like yeah. i can't have these there's no way i can have these i need to do something else so i got off them quick it was horrible getting them off and i never ever go and i put weight on it was yeah. like they were they were bad so i've just got to you know like do something yeah and it's um it's yeah it's 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 been it's been out it's been tough that but it's like you've got to sort of like get through it but it's really hard to sort of like juggle everything mm -hmm. so hard to juggle everything yeah. you know but yeah um, last question yeah what do you wish you could change about parenting in general as in for everyone phones <laughs> honestly get rid of phones and YouTube phones. Yeah. YouTube yeah Um. yeah I mean yeah because I, I want Finn to go skateboarding Finn's got a skateboard not want he would love go skateboarding, but not one of his mates are into it. Yeah. Uh, I want him to go biking. Not one of his mates are into it. So, I think I don't know. I just need to get him out more. Yeah. And and I think get him out more and and doing more stuff because obviously because they don't all follow suit. They're all mm. in the bedrooms. That's just what the way it is. Yeah. And I get and told it's, this. It's just the way yeah, of the world now. I'm like, but, yeah, but you you want to stand out and you want to you want to make. You, I said yeah. it's dead easy to stand out. I said to Carl now it's dead easy to stand out now. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was quite hard back in the day because everyone was doing the same yeah. thing. But if you show a bit of, if you're ringing for them jobs at sixteen yeah. and you're, and you're showing commitment and you're doing that, you're going to stand out, mate. You mm. have a job for life somewhere. Yeah. And it's a bit like going back to the lad who works for me. He, is only twenty one now. He's been with me since sixteen, and his dad hasn't really like uh, he's worked away a lot of time. Right. He hasn't really told him like you've got to be a good lad. You've got to do that. Yeah. I was having a crap with him about it the other week and. He's just sort of followed suit with him, yeah. and he's given him a really good, like, he, he says I've given him the support yeah. to, to make him like he is, but he's brought him to me with how yeah, he's parented yeah, him, yeah. and it's, it's been really good, and, and that's been basically just like, they've been the same parents as, as up, my mum and dad, yeah. they've both worked hard, you know, they've not been able to go on fancy holidays, do this, do that, mm. and, and have a life like that. They've literally just been having to work, yeah. and he's been bred into this work lifestyle. It's made him who he is today. Yeah. But he's done a great job of it. But it's funny, 
we're on this night out. He's like, no, you've done a good job. And I'm like, no, you've done a good job. <laughs> so it's good. It's good, really. Yeah. So we've created this, like, I always say we've created, like, a, a machine. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a good lad. And it's it, it's all down to his parents. Yeah. It? Yeah, it's five years, and probably it, might be down to me. But he came to me in the right attitude. Yeah. And that comes from the parent. And, and I think it, that's what you need to... it shows as well. Me and Jen had this conversation. It shows as well how other outside influences can support you as a parent and help yeah. your child like yeah. it doesn't have to all solely be on you as a parent yeah there's other people that can yeah kind of exactly help shape, shape them as well i think so yeah definitely i think that's you're right there because he's quite close to his gran and stuff mm. like that and he does stuff for him yeah that's what i used to do for my granddad and i think it's that family network yeah. that you need you know yeah um i've got a few mates that are from like split up with the wives and stuff and i've got some are quite an inspiration they've split up for whatever mm. reason but they they really work together yeah and they've, they've accepted the fact they split up and they've, they've they work together and even that relationship it's still creating a really good because they, yeah. they, they still respect each other yeah whatever's gone on or whatever they've sort of put it under the bridge they've both moved on and then they've just sort of like they create a really good and they've noticed the kids are different mm. whereas i've got other mates where they don't, sadly they don't see the kids, yeah. you know, or they get taken away because they want to move away, and it's sad really because yeah. the kid, the, the child gets affected the most. Yeah, that's the it, child isn't is it? affected the most, and it's like, you know, it's 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 not fair really on the child. It's even though someone's getting at someone else or whatever, and you're angry with that person, it's it really affects the child. Yeah. I think. So they didn't ask to be in that no, situation. No, well that's it, and I think the ones that I've seen and the kids you know, how good they've coped with it. I think they've got a good family network, like mm-hmm. you say, they've got like good mums and grands yeah, and all that. Even yeah. though they split up, they still sure. they've got they've still got two sets yeah. of family. So yeah, it's it's a massive influence. Like it's influencing, isn't it? Yeah. Like and it's I think especially going off like everything that you've said, it's like strong values as well, yeah. isn't it? Like I always say, you know, you, as a parent you can kind of you can only do what you can do, but at the same time it does matter how you yeah. parent. Yeah, it's massive. And yeah. if you've not, I guess, got like strong values, or it's even like the dynamic you've got with your kids and yeah. the energies of if you kind of have different values to your kids and stuff, it it's never gonna quite fit. But if yeah. you've got near that positive role model, yeah, it's yeah. like you say, it's just gonna yeah, it does. Well, it's like positive it? energy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so say I'm in a mood or something about something. I'll get them in the mood about like all sorts of stuff, like you know what you do. <laughs> yeah. I get a text message like, "Oh my god, like what is that?" It'll send you in the downward. Mm-hmm. The whole house is yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to keep try and keep it positive. I try my best to keep it as positive yeah. as possible, and like, but when one is down, it, it, it goes off, and then sometimes I'll go down and Hannah will try and pick me up, mm. and then I'll be picked up, and then Hannah's use all her energy yeah, yeah. to try and pick it all up. She's in the mood then, yeah. so then it all kicks yeah. off. So like. <laughs> that's the thing you've got it's that energy of mm. having that and sometimes I say to my lads listen lads I'm only doing it for you but you just need to be good people and I yeah. just do give them a bit of an evaluation saying I'm not being a knob yeah I just you try to be a good person and they're just like yeah whatever yeah <laughs> but even the, in the rain it's like this morning it was raining I normally make them walk in the rain and they, yeah. they get up in the morning and they walk in the rain to the bus stop they don't even flinch about it because yeah. I say to them would you play football in it? Mm. And they go, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, you can walk in it. <laughs> and it's, it's a good, it's true though, isn't it? Yeah. They play football in it. But then I've got other mates that go, oh, I've got to take them to the bus stop because it's raining. But that's not preparing them for when it's raining one day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you so it's like, you like you say, it's all preparation yeah. for, for when they're older. Yeah. And hopefully they'll be good people. Yeah. So, yeah. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to follow, review and share with other parents you know. You can now listen on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and YouTube. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch via any of my social media channels, website or email. Thank you, Rob, for joining me on today's podcast. It's been great to have you. And thank you to everyone for listening.